July 5th, Icelandic musician Bjork releases her first solo album debut. July 12th, a 7.8 earthquake hits Hokkaido, Japan, 160 killed. July 19th, U.S. President Bill Clinton announces his don't ask, don't tell policy regarding homosexuals serving in the American military. Today, we're going back to 1993. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past, from our favorite TV and film to those iconic Got Milk ads. You know where the celebrities had their pictures um, with the milk mustaches? Yeah, those. I don't know why they thought that would help us buy milk. Uh, I don't know, man. I have never drank milk. The only time <laughs> I've ever used milk as a vehicle is in like baking or cereal. Yeah, I haven't bought cow milk since Obama was in office. Damn. But I know some people, my brother will drink a glass of milk like before bed. People like, I don't know. It's weird to me. All right. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And today we're discussing Hocus Pocus. The amazing American film starring Bette Midler, directed by Kenny Ortega. Now, if I were to speak to my teenage self, I would tell her the future fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But society is finally recognizing Hocus Pocus as a Halloween classic that should be celebrated yearly. I tell her... You can buy a muck, a muck, a muck t-shirts. <laughs> there, are whole, there are makeup collections inspired by the film. And I tell her a sequel is coming. Yeah. So we got that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> Man, that's, bo- I mean, I don't want to say it's bottom barrel happiness, but. <laughs> Any reason to live, I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> this movie hit theaters just before my little brother's birthday. Also just before Brandon's birthday. So I think my aunt took us to the theaters to see this movie. So it was like, it was twofold though. She was like, oh, here's JT's birthday present. But also, I love Bette Midler. (laughs) (laughs) Good aunt. Yeah, she loved Bette Midler. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when you first saw Hocus Pocus? I saw Hocus Pocus right before my birthday uh, in July. And I was about seven, I guess. Oh, good birthday. Yeah. And it was at a drive-in movie theater and I was with my friends, Uh, Brittany and Amber. Hey y'all. I don't even know if they, uh, that's adorable. Yeah. Like we were, I remember we were just like, kind of like sitting out in the back of like their parents' car watching it, uh, on like blankets. And it was kind of, I fell asleep watching it like towards the end. Sure. Um, probably for like five, 10 minutes, (laughs) but I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I was just hyped up on sugar. I love it. And you do fall asleep. I was under a blanket. (laughs) You know, the rule about Brandon and blankets, man. Yeah, seriously. I will will straight fall asleep anywhere. He's like a bird. If you put a blanket (laughs) over it, he will fall asleep no matter what. Yeah, just signal my brain, go to bed. I'm like, hmm. So the idea behind this movie is kind of twofold. In the early 80s, Disney already wanted to create a movie based on the Ronald Dahl book, The Witches. Oh, I love that book. Which came out in 1983. It was a huge success. Yeah. And so Disney was already trying to put something together. But as we all know, Jim Henson beat them to the punch. (laughs) And that version came out in 1990. And so Disney was kind of like stuck holding the bag because they still kind of had this witch vehicle in like soft production yeah but the idea was gone and they cool. weren't they weren't gonna take on the jim henson version which is a good idea i wouldn't want to either it's a classic i didn't i still have not watched like the new one with was me Anne either Hathaway. Anne hathaway yeah we will definitely do a angelica houston version of witches episode because oh, yeah. we love the witches 
Um, but maybe we'll also watch Anne Hathaway on. Maybe. For the show, if you want us to. <laughs> For the show. <laughs> it's not because I really want to see it. <laughs> I need an excuse so I don't get judged for Brandon. It's wild because I like Anne Hathaway, but I am never, like, compelled to watch her movies. Like, I like her a lot, and I think she's good at what she does. But this is a great example where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that way about, like, the her movie Colossal. Like, I kept wanting to watch it, and then just didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Friend of the show, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> no, love you, Anne Hathaway. Just... You're, you're a cool lady. Let us know if you want to be on the show. We can talk about Princess Diaries. We've definitely seen Princess Diaries. I've definitely seen that. Are you still friends with Raven Simone? <laughs> Tell us everything. So Disney wanted to make a witch movie. In comes producer David Kirshner, who one night when he's getting his daughter ready for bed, they looked outside and they saw a black cat. And David said to his daughter, oh, you know that cat. Witches turn this boy into a cat. Why would you do that? Don't you just... want your daughter to go to bed? He says that that's just what he did. Like, he would riff bedtime stories all the time. Oh, okay. That's cute. I get it. Yeah. Creative. And his, but his daughter did not fall. She was like, and she's like, tell me more. I have <laughs> to know about this. What did the little boy do? Like, well, it just turned me into a cat. But, and so with that, he got together with Mick Gatness, and the script for Hocus Pocus came about really quickly. But originally, it was a bit of a darker story. Mm. Like, all of the protagonists were younger. They were all 12 years old. Wow. And the witches were a bit more ruthless. So that was in 84. Kind of like a Goonies vehicle, almost. Kind of like a Goonies vehicle. And it's so funny you should mention the Goonies. Because they, with Disney, Kirshner tried to get Steven Spielberg involved. Oh, wow. Um, because he thought the movie would be a great ambient entertainment vehicle but spielberg said no he didn't want to get into bed with disney who he kind of saw as a direct competition wow i never knew that has he ever done a disney uh yeah we all know that he definitely changed his mind by 1988's who framed roger rabbit which oh was a joint collaboration gosh. between the two companies oh that's very interesting so i love who framed roger rabbit it might be in my top five favorite movies of all time there is definitely an episode coming so i don't want to talk too much about okay. it so but it's just so funny that you bring that up so Kirsten had the same idea spielberg said no interesting so a little bit more about david Kirshner. yeah i was about to ask that name sounds really familiar yeah it, i bet it does really sound familiar to you he's got a pretty good career behind him um he produced an american tale it's far superior sequel. Fifo goes, goes west. west. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the girl you left behind? Sorry. Great, great movie. <laughs> and the animated feature Cats Don't Dance, which I also love. Oh my gosh, Cats Don't Dance! I have not seen that in a while. But I think the reason you know his name is because he is the creator of the Chucky animate animatronic doll, which is featured in the Chucky series which he produced all seven films in the franchise. That's wild. Right? This guy is a layered individual. That is wild. <laughs> no wonder he likes horror and torturing his daughter with terrifying <laughs> stories because I was terrified of Chucky as a child. Let me tell you, did not sleep. No. My sister had a cricket doll. Do you know what those are? No. Oh my gosh, I feel like it was like in, kind of in the vein of like a Teddy Ruxpin kind of oh, like... Oh, I do take... know! Yeah, I hated that thing. I... uh. Yeah, I was terrified of Cricket. I had a Teddy Ruskin that I didn't really get into because I had this Mother Goose 
doll Whoa. that would read me stories. Was that part of like, do you remember that? Um, the rock and gr- yes. 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 Yes, girl. That is, okay. I thought that was a fever dream. Was that Jim Henson too? I don't. Rock and Mother Groove, so whatever it's called. I cannot confirm that it was also Jim Henson. Oh, oh. you'll definitely do an episode on this because it's interesting. I love it. Anyway. That's so wild. We're digressing. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Woof. The Hocus Pocus script, which at this point was called Halloween House, it kind of floundered at Disney for a while. There were some false starts, things would fall through, and each time the script would go undergo big rewrites. Yeah. It wasn't until 1992 when Bette Midler expressed interest in the central protagonist that things like really got going. The do, film, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt. You say, do you know how Bette Midler got like a hold of the script? I do. Give me a minute. Oh, yes. Ugh. <laughs> So, 1992, Bette Miller signs on. The film shoots in fall and winter and then comes out July 16th, 1993. That's wild. That's a wild turnaround. It's, yeah. Like, and it kind of goes to show the kind of power Bette Miller had at the time. We'll come back to it. So, some of you might be thinking, wait, Hocus Pocus is a Halloween movie. Why on earth would it come out on July 16th? It's confusing. I'll tell you the answer. It's because Disney was releasing Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween 1993. Now, I pose this. Why wouldn't you release Hocus Pocus on Halloween and then Nightmare Before Christmas on On Christmas? Christmas. Or in November. Or on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The highest, like the day after Thanksgiving is the highest day to go see movies in the world or something. Yeah. Why not put it out at Thanksgiving? It's a Christmas movie. It has Christmas in the title. Why wouldn't you put it out at Christmas? Yeah, this is really idiotic. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. And the records show that we are right. The theatrical run of Hocus Pocus made $48 million in box office, which meant Disney took a $16 million loss Oof. on Hocus Pocus. Critics were also not impressed. Roger Ebert called it hard to follow and harder to sit through. While Gene Siskel said there is nothing funny about this movie. Uh, I was going to say terrible things about both of them, but I did refrain. <laughs> Roger Ebert called it confusing and that the plot was harder to follow. And I am worried. Because <laughs> I can tell you exactly what this movie is about and I can tell you exactly what happens. In fact, I'm going to tell you. So <laughs> it's really not that confusing, bruh. Like, I just think they're mad. I watched their, like, TV segment on their review of the movie. Oh, really? Yes. And they didn't have anything nice to say. They kept saying that the women were, you couldn't understand the words they were saying. They would be constantly shrieking and hysterical, and they couldn't understand what they were saying. Ew. Bruh. Come on. Ew. Like, just say you hate women. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There weren't a lot of men in this movie, and I just thought it was... Yeah, I just... It was an interesting watch, because they did not have anything nice to say. But they weren't alone. Like, I think they, the movie basically didn't get great reviews. People who had something nice to say said that it was a great vehicle for Bette Midler. Like, if you love Bette Midler, this is a good thing to watch, because yeah. she's great in it. And, at least they said that, which yeah. is nice. If you would have asked seven-year-old Brandon, I would have said, this is the best movie I've seen all summer. Because I, I was obsessed. I you was know a, me. I love spooky stuff. Love witches. Me too. 
I love a musical number. Love I love a, a handsome teenage boy as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh. Don't isolate that audio, please. <laughs> um, so like it, it had everything young Patricia yeah. could want. I mean, I was nine years old. This was pr- like, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I loved it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you were like the Danny Target Literally, audience. And like, I was like, yes. Thank you so much. I'm such a huge fan. Yeah. And I was, as a kid, I was a huge fan of Omri Katz already because I used to watch Erie, Indiana. Oh, right on. Cool. So when I saw that he was in that, I used to be like, oh, Erie, Indiana. I don't know. I was a sucker for a central part. <laughs> I was just like, that got me. Man, you must have been like <laughs> on one all throughout the 90s. But it was a kid. really good time for me. Yeah, it was a really good time. <laughs> so like most things Brandon and I love, Hocus Pocus had a prolific run on cable TV. And then, so it was on, it was shown like every Halloween season. I was always super excited about it. I had it taped off the Disney Channel's Halloween, like Fright Night lineup. Man. So like that was my tape of Hocus Pocus for a long (laughs) time. And it was great. I loved it. Well celebrated. I love that. (laughs) I had the actual tape. Not the brag, but... I was rich. You always say that. You're like, oh my God, you had a TV in your kitchen. He had a TV in his kitchen, y'all. It's science. You're a rich person. You have two things. If you have a second set of stairs in your kitchen or a TV in your kitchen, you're rich. That's called a split level. (laughs) Think about TV houses. Full house, second set of stairs. Fair. Family matters, second set of stairs. Okay. Step by step, second set of stairs. Okay. Okay. We weren't living the step-by-step, the Miller Boyette family life, okay? (laughs) Which I'm going to do a whole series on the Miller Boyette shows and how I really messed up my idea of what reality was. So it gets this whole second life on cable TV. Then the DVD for Hocus Pocus comes out and breaks records. Like was the highest grossing DVD they'd had or something. At At the time it broke records. So like... I feel like after avocado toast and crippling debt, Hocus Pocus is the thing most celebrated by millennials. Like people my age love it. I remember like as a freshman, sophomore in high school, that was a thing that I connected to with people. Yeah. Like you love Hocus Pocus. I love Hocus Pocus. You're a cool person. (laughs) So, I mean, let's take a dark path here. I love Hocus Pocus. Let's take an honest path. It's not even dark. It's not not dark dark at all. It's just honest. An honest path. Hocus Pocus. (laughs) As a millennial, it does mean a lot to me. Like, I usually have it on, like, even, not even spooky season. All the time. Yeah, yeah let's just like throw it on. Playing in the background if I want, like, a good laugh or just, like, you know, calm my anxieties, if you will. But I've also totally had Hocus Pocus over when I've had, like, hookups over because it it's, like, the perfect movie it to hook up to. It is the perfect Netflix and chill vehicle. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, it. we love it. We all have good feelings about it, but nobody needs to watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just get to the musical number. Yeah. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Not even to the musical number, usually, for me. I don't even think the witches are back yet, by the time I... They're still in old times. (laughs) (laughs) The credits. Jesus. It's great. Sorry, family members who now know I'm a slut. (laughs) They knew. But... (laughs) My favorite part of this celebration of Hocus Pocus is all of the pets I have named who are named Binks. 
Really? You oh did? Oh my gosh. If I had a nickel for every Binks I'd met, I would have a fuck ton of nickels. Oh, I thought you meant you yourself. Named... No, no, no. Not me. <laughs> okay. But I've met a lot of Binks. I don't know why I didn't name my black cat Binks. But yeah, I... also, I came with, you know, there was... You have a different theme for your cats, which is also great. Yeah, but I feel like he should have been a Binks. I feel like I've met a lot of black cat Binks, but I've also met a lot of black dog Binks. Really? Binkses. Mm-hmm. I feel like a black dog Binks would be like a smaller dog named Binks. The one I knew was a big, dumb, fluffy, like, lab or something. Oh, I love that. Who <laughs> would, like, bound around. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. <laughs> but classic black cat. <laughs> Let's talk about the rest of the cast before we get into the story. As mentioned, Bette Midler plays Winifred Sanderson, the head witch in charge of the Sanderson sisters. For those who don't know, Bette Midler is a singer who got her start singing in gay bathhouses, but became a household name after her film debut in The Rose in 1979. Do you remember our friend from summer camp who used to sing The Rose all the time? Yes, I do. She sang it beautifully. Very beautifully. So throughout the 80s, uh, Bette Midler had a multi-picture deal with Disney. So she, they made Oliver and Company together. Oh, where wow, she, she was in that. stars as Georgette, the poodle who steals the movie. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot that was Bette Miller. Shame on me. She also made a bunch of movies with Touchstone Pictures, which was a subsidiary of Disney. I remember Touchstone. Yes. Yeah. So th- she made Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Big Business, my personal favorite, yeah. and Ruthless People. So she was in good with Disney. In 1991, Midler had been approached by Disney to star in Sister Act, but Midler passed. Instead, the iconic role went to Whoopi Goldberg. I remember reading that somewhere. It was like, I, it's such a, it's wild to think about Bette Midler in that role, not Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. But it's I a could, different role. It's a different role. I could definitely see that movie happening, but Me it's too. a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. And if she had made that movie, she would have started with Cassie and Jimmy. Who wow, then she started yeah. with in Hocus Pocus, but she didn't. <laughs> I feel like in Hocus Pocus 2, Whoopi Goldberg should make an appearance as a oh witch. Oh my gosh. As their, Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. So after missing out on Sister Act, Sister Act made like over $230 million at the box office. It was one of the one of the most successful comedies of the decade. Wow. Yeah. But yes, it sure yeah, it's was. Yeah, fantastic film. So I think, I think Bette Midler regretted that decision a little bit. Like, Sister Act is a great movie. It would, if I were Bette, I would be like, that would sting a little bit. Yeah. So I think it's because of that, that when she got her hands on, on the Hocus Pocus script, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. We got it. <laughs> I got it. Let's do this. Let's do this. This will be great. So with Bette Midler, the project picked up steam really quickly. Yeah. I could see that. Without her, it maybe wouldn't have ever been made. So it's just the chance that, like, the script landed in her hand because she already had this relationship with Disney. Yeah, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Of course. (laughs) It's funny because the part of Winifred had been written with Cloris Leachman in mind. Again, totally different. Like, I love Cloris Leachman. Yeah, I'm trying to see that. That would have been totally different. Yeah. It's very interesting. I had a hard time figuring out when director Kenny Ortega came to the project. 
But considering he had just directed Disney's iconic Newsies in 1992, I think he didn't come in with too much lead in. Yeah. As more proof of that, several of the key roles were not cast until right before rehearsal was about to start. The other Sanderson sisters came pretty quickly. I couldn't figure out how Sarah Jessica Parker got involved, but she was cast as Sarah Sanderson, the youngest sister witch. Disney wanted Rosie O'Donnell for Mary, but... What year was that? That Was that right after League of Their Own? Yeah, I think this is this would have been 92. Okay. Would have been late 92. That's interesting that they want Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Like another different role. I feel like she would play that completely differently. Oh, it would have been totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Allegedly, Rosie didn't want to be in the movie because I think maybe she had an older version of the script where... It was a bit, the witches were a bit tougher. Like, Rosie didn't want to play a witch who ate children. Yeah, okay. I think that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I mean, well, they steal their souls in this one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, exactly. Is it much better? (laughs) Don't know. We'll talk about it. But the part ultimately went to Kathy and Jimmy, which is great. Kathy and Jimmy's a legend. Legend. Peggy Hill. But if we go back to 1992, neither Jimmy or Parker were household names. Sarah Jessica Parker had done a lot of TV to this point. Yeah. But she'd only done a few movies. And then Kathy and Jimmy had only had like five or six jobs before this. Very interesting. I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker was on Broadway too, right? Like, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean like in comparison to Bette Midler. Fair Who point. in 1992 had been nominated for an Academy Award twice. Fair point. Okay. Like, Bette was coming in hot, hot, hot. And so these other women, and they would like give it time. Yeah. So I just think in 1992, Najimi and Parker were less known. Yeah. The internet is full of lore about this movie. Mm-hmm. I had such a fun time researching. Like, there are so many videos on YouTube of, like, behind-the-scenes Hocus Pocus stuff. It's delightful. And it also just shows how much people really like Hocus exactly. Pocus. Exactly. Like, people know all love it. So a lot of the information I got was from the 25th anniversary Blu-ray edition of the film, which came with this uh, making of featurette yeah that i watched on youtube in that featurette we see najimi tells a story about how when they came to rehearsals kathy najimi and sarah jessica parker were just humongous fans of bet midler that's amazing <laughs> and they found that like they were just watching bet so they decided that they would kind of work this into their characters and take a more sycophantic yeah. Like, the the other sisters worship Winifred. Like, they would do anything for Winnie. Like, Winnie is the boss. Yes, are, Winnie. <laughs> yes, Winnie. <laughs> like, they love Winnie. And it's really, I think it's a funny way to, like, play that sisterly devotion. Yeah. Where they really were just huge fans of Bette Midler. Like, that's really endearing to me. In the original script, the opening credits show the history of the Sanderson sisters. So they show us like a mother who raised and taught them but the sister they also show us that the sisters all had different fathers and therefore they all had different gifts winifred's father was a warlock so winifred is an excellent spellcaster interesting it's at this point we kind of diverge mary's father was a bloodhound and that's why she can sniff out a child from miles away very interesting and that sarah's father was the town idiot and only gave her the gift of attraction. 
I think it's interesting that they decided to not include bestiality in the film. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what that was my first thought. I was like, Disney was going to talk about like it's bestiality, really like what the like, fuck? Well, and then, then there's all this backstory about Sarah, how Sarah really loved luring little boys into the woods, and then the little boys would go missing. So That's it's like really we've chosen weird. to take out the pedophilia and bestiality. Good call, Disney. <laughs> yeah, truly, honestly, like, who wrote why was this that script? In the script? It's so weird. Like, I guess they were if they were going for like kind of like the witches kind of like yeah you know what I mean yeah. like the Ronald doll like yeah. just kind of like dark shit yeah well and like even in one of the interviews Kathy and Jimmy was like we decided that Mary's father was a bloodhound and that was great because then I got to do all the little dog things like I could snarl and I could scratch out her sleeves oh my gosh it makes so much sense yeah. now yeah 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 okay interesting right as we watch the movie keep an eye on that because that is so funny it will happen. I do like, can I? Yeah, go for it. Interject. I'm yeah. sorry. I do like the idea of getting like a little bit more backstory on the Sanderson sisters. And Me I too. hope maybe that's what the sequel kind of like taps into Me because too. I would like to know more about these witch women. I don't know. Me it's, too. it's just, I want to know where they came from. They're really interesting people. I love things about witches. Yeah. So all the pop culture witch reference, I want backstory on all those witches. <laughs> like, I want to know why they can't use ballpoint pens at Hogwarts. I want to know what the Wicked Witch did when it rained. I want to know nuts Man. and bolts questions. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to know that. <laughs> so my thing is like, we'll get into it, but the Sanderson sisters prey on children. It's how they exist. And I'm like, how are you existing in this one place? Oh, picture it, dude. <laughs> what if they did a musical version of Hocus Pocus, but it was like a prequel to how the witches got I to it? I love it. I'm in. We featured the mother. Yeah. I love it. Come on. Let's write Copyright it. Copyright. You guys Trademark. can't take it. This is ours. This is <laughs> Sorry, our idea. Disney. We're cutting it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Disney. That's a great idea. I'm saying, that's dude. That's a great idea. Especially right now, current climate, people would eat that shit up. Great idea. We're writing that down. <laughs> Burnett, write that down. Good girl. Yeah. So when it came to casting the kids, uh the film struggled. The studio wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play Max. I remember hearing And that. they were in talks. Max is the main protagonist, the cynical teacher teenager mad about moving to LA or moving from LA to Salem because it's weird having that traveling in Salem. Really? Anyway, we digress. Uh and so they were in talks, but then Leonardo decided that he wanted to make What's Eating Gilbert Grape instead, which he would be nominated for an Oscar yeah, for. Good so, choice. Good call, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you didn't win that. <laughs> sure so didn't. It yeah. It'd take you years. It would be like a long time before you'd win. So if you'd been in Hocus Pocus, A, you would have been globally adored. Maybe you would have won an Oscar faster. Ooh, wow. You did. Just saying, speculating. Wow. However, I would not want to take out Omri Katz in that role. No, Omri did a great job. In 1992, the script, they weren't sure what direction they were going to go with Allison. They weren't sure how involved she would be. They didn't know what she would do. So it, that's hard to cast. Like, when you're not sure what direction you're going in, it's hard to cast the role. Yeah. I low-key think Allison is the smartest person in this film. Yeah, Allison definitely helps <laughs> And I think Allison, points. like, saves the day. Allison's the hero. Faults. Of course she does. Um, um, but I love the direction they went, like. Allison, Vanessa Shaw, great job. Yeah, Vanessa Shaw was also in that Hills Have Eyes remake. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. She's also in Karate Kid. Is she in Karate Kid? I think so, the one with Hilary Swank. Oh, interesting. I think she's in that. Don't hold me to it. I might be wrong. I kind of feel like she and Hilary Swank look similar. Maybe, Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> However, one person who got the job right away 
was Thora Birch. Yeah, Thora Birch. <laughs> cast as Max's little sister, Danny. So when it came to casting Danny, they only called in like the 12 highest working kid actors at the time. Kenny Ortega tells a story about he, how for his first meeting with Thora Birch, he was running super late. When he finally got there, he walked into the room and Thora Birch sat in a, in a chair with her feet up on the table. <laughs> 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 After introductions, Birch leaned across the table and asked Ortega if he was ready to talk business. <laughs> <laughs> Thora Birch, a bigger fan. I just keep... Ortega says he hired her on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Way to own the room, Thora Birch. At 10 years old, 12 years old, however old you were, you were a star, Thora. Yeah, she's like, look, you're late, so <laughs> you're this is my You're so late. <laughs> what do you have to say? I have to be somewhere at 4.30, bro. Like, how are you so late? <laughs> <sighs> That's amazing. All through rehearsals, Ortega and Bette were trying to think about what Winifred's look would be. And they went back and forth on different design ideas. But it was ultimately Bette who gave Winifred her iconic pursed lips, revealing huge teeth. Because in Bette's mind, Winnie was a flesh eater. And teeth would be very important. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that make Winifred much more scary? Yeah, absolutely. But a flesh eater. Bette, take it easy. <laughs> Had to use it. I was like, wow, that makes her much scarier. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there was a darker point into all this. But. Production was pretty easy. While exteriors were all filmed in location in Salem, Massachusetts, most of the film was shot on a soundstage in Hollywood. This includes the whole Sanderson house, which was built on a soundstage and was a totally functioning house. Wow. I thought it was so cool. That house is beautiful. It's so beautiful. And there's so many interesting like little nooks and crannies like, Wow, wow, wow. Does that mean that all the other houses, like when they do the outside scene, are on a set? Um, Great question. No. All of the, like the house, the Denison house, town hall, and the high school are all places in Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. Wow. But then they were, the interiors were replicated on a soundstage. So like the inside of the house we see in Hocus Pocus is different than the outside of the house. Gotcha. Yeah. Standard. <laughs> standard. Okay. The hardest part of production, hands down, everyone said so, was the cats. Oh, I can only <laughs> Oh, my God. Duh. I could have told you that. One of the central characters is Zachary Binks, in human form and voice of cat, played by Sean Murray. So they had over nine cats used for this movie two principal cats who were like the actors and then seven backup cats yes. who were all saved from shelters wow nice so that's great and they're all black cats and black cats have the hardest time getting adopted so that's so nice yeah that's why i got mine <laughs> i know i love it but the problem is these are wild cats <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to do stuff like that you in even at the best of times you can't train cats so each actor was like the cats were a challenge that's wild. What were they doing? Were they just like <laughs> pooping on people? Or... I think it's they were running amok, not to overuse the word. Um, but think of when you watch the movie, watch the cat. They're asking for very controlled movements from this cat. A lot of times the cat has to jump on Max's shoulder. Yeah. And I feel Omri Cats had a hard time with those cats. Like, okay. bless his Isn't heart. he wearing a jacket throughout the He is, and like a sweater. Yeah, okay. 
I've had my cat do that. It does not feel good. No, it does not. Claws first. Um, There was one animatronic cat who, if you believe internet rumors, went on to be the animatronic cat from TV's Sabrina Sabrina the Teenage Teenage Witch. Salem, the cat. Interesting. I I could see that. They do look very similar. They do look very similar. And if... Was Sabrina, uh, it was an ABC vehicle, so it was probably a di- oh, I don't Disney know. already. Yeah, right. Makes sense. And, you know, waste not, what not. Totally good working cat. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I watched a lot of videos about Hocus Pocus. Um, one that I watched for a shocking amount of time was just about the flying effects used in the movie. I was impressed to learn that 90% of the flying done in the movies is done by the actors. Hmm, via a highly developed harness system that was made by the same company who did all the fun harness effects for in like 60s movies like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. So I thought that was neat. Disney money. Right? If I were to be an actor, I would not want to participate in harness effects. It seems terrible. (laughs) Really? I'm, I'm sure it's painful to be like hoisted up. So we'll talk about it. When the movie was in rehearsals, each actor rehearsed their flying scenes separately because Kenny Ortega wanted them all to develop their own like flying style. And I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, they're individuals. Exactly. And each actress kind of had their own opinion about the flying. Kathleen and Jimmy said it was fine. She added it to her her resume. Can't act while flying. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen and Jimmy, man. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker would spend hours in her flying harness. She loved it. She would twirl around. She would practice her lines. She loved the flying harness. She had a great time. Bette Midler called the whole process damn uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> I wonder what, like, I guess it just is painful to be. I think from what I saw is they, like, put you in a harness that covers your thighs and goes up to you, like, your chest. Mm. And they, that's how the wires are attached. And so your body weight is on that harness. So I can't imagine it's super comfortable, but I also don't think it would be too un-uncomfortable. No. Whenever wearing a harness, like, you know, if you've spent a day wearing Spanx, I bet you could spend a day wearing this harness. I wear Spanx three times That's a day. That's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't left the house without my girl on these sides since I was 14. <laughs> it's because you were very tired. <laughs> yes. We're great. So the movie starts with that perfect that like old timey disney start where we get the leather bound book the storybook so you I know it's it. good so yeah. you know it's gonna be good there's a lot of really fun overhead shots in this movie i think they remind me of like the beginning of the shining where it's like a helicopter shot all over colorado i feel like they do the same thing but it's the witch flying it's really effective i really like the beginning of hocus pocus yeah it really is really beautiful and I feel like the score of this movie now is instantly recognizable. Oh. Like, if I hear this music, I know it's Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Do you think it's because you watched it a hundred thousand times? Or... Uh, yeah. I think that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's good music. A little bit of both. I like that Vanessa Shaw spells her name with a I instead of the A. As a person whose name is also spelled differently than it is usually spelled, <laughs> uh, shout out to Vanessa. <laughs> So it's 1693, Salem, Massachusetts. Thackeray Banks is awakened and notices his little sister Emily is gone. He hurries outside and asks his best friend Elijah if he's seen her, but he hasn't. Instead, Elijah points off to the distance where we see 
poofs of purple smoke coming from a chimney. And both kids know this is a sign. This means witches are conjuring. If as a kid, I looked to my neighbor house and there was purple smoke coming out of the chimney, I would go introduce myself. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I would like to be a witch. Hello. What's going on over here? <laughs> my question here, in this village are, I mean, I'm no expert in old timey times. Are the houses this close together? So I think, yes, in old style if you lived in town, the whole point of living in town was to live like safety in numbers. Okay. So you would build close to each other to like insulate each other. Okay. Gotcha. I think I am always wrong. I also, if we're talking about the town, like right away, Elijah knows the witches are conquering and Thackeray knows things are going down. So I have questions about the town knowing about the witches, but we'll come back to it. So. They see the smoke, and then right at the forest line, way off, they see Emily being led by an old woman. Thackeray gives chase, and he runs through the woods after his sister. Yeah, barefoot through the woods, man. Sean Murray would say running through the woods barefoot was a much bigger ordeal than he had originally anticipated. Yeah, I... Sounds terrible. And he is legit running through the woods of Salem, Massachusetts. This is not on a soundstage. Like, he is out in the woods barefoot. That is insane. <laughs> As a dedication to the craft, I, I do not have. I never be an actor. I don't have that kind of dedication. I mean, can I have some shoes with the toes on them? So, before he ran off, Thackeray ordered, gave Elijah instructions to, to you know, get the grown-ups. Forgot to say that. Running through the woods, Thackeray comes on to, onto the witch's cottage. And he sees his sister and the old woman going inside. He weasels his way up to a window and he sees that the old women have Emily. Thackeray almost blows it and he makes a noise getting the witch's attention. And this whole time I'm just sitting here thinking like, was Jonathan Brandis not available? <laughs> Don't do that to Sean Murray. Don't do that. I'm just saying this seems like an ideal vehicle for Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> I mean, different movie, different cast. I man. know he was probably. What was that? He was making that TV show Sequest. Sequest. He was too involved. He was too busy. Maybe he was filming Ladybugs, <laughs> one of my favorite top five Which movies of all time. Will be an episode soon. So this cottage is home to the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah. They're graying. They're stooped with age. The witches are brewing a potion, which will enable them to suck the life force out of children, restoring their own youth and vitality. We see Thackeray try to break in. This gets Winifred to the window, but she's distracted because she, her spellbook wings at her. <laughs> it winks at her. Winifred's spellbook is made out of human skin. The spine of the book is made up of fingers. And there's a human eye that stares back at you when you look at it. It's made of fingers? Yeah, if you check the spine, it is like fingers all sewn together. That's terrifying. Man, this movie is real dark. Maybe we shouldn't watch this, children. <laughs> children! A dead man's toe. <laughs> so, these witches are looking pretty rough. Like, they need this potion to be successful. Yeah, I'm wondering how old they are at this point in 1693. I'm also wondering. I also am wondering if this is how they stay young. They've done this before. Yes. 
Wow. And if they've done this before, how did the town folk not stop them before? So maybe they haven't done it in a very long time because the town people, like, because now there's town people. Right. And they're going to notice a kid go missing. Yeah. So maybe their kind of backs are up against the wall. Maybe they're too old now. Like, they have to do it now or they're going to die. I don't know. But I am also, like, this home is old. The Sanderson home is well lived in. They've been in this home a very long time. Very much so. So I have questions. It's, I'm sure they'll answer all of this in the sequel. (laughs) I need answers. God forbid I think that witches are real. Zachary sneaks into the cottage while the witches are distracted with the potion. And with a chunk of thine own tongue, the potion is complete. Zachary, (laughs) (laughs) the sound effect they use when they bite off the tongue tongue is, sticks with you. If you've ever bitten your tongue while chewing it, it hurts so bad. So imagine that you're like. It's a pretty big sacrifice for this potion. Yeah, man. Good ad, Ruby. So Thackeray tries to stop them from giving his sister the potion. He fights with Sarah and Mary, but it's too late. Winifred easily subdues him with their powers before she and her sisters drain the life force out of Emily. That's awful. Poor Emily Binks. This scene is done pretty well because they are committing child murder, (laughs) but it's not like scary or upsetting. Like, they do everything with, like, a jovial little nod so that it's not so bad. I just think it's well done. Yeah, like I mean, it's a Disney vehicle. Yeah, I think they do a good job. But Disney always had, like, something kind of dark. I mean, a lot of Disney movies have death. And... 100 million percent. A parent never survived a Disney movie. These parents are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> really? Look. <laughs> I, love, I love Mary. Mary is low-key the star of the movie. Once they've uh ingested the life force the witches are beautiful and young they rejoice in their stolen youth well younger (laughs) (laughs) nice i think the biggest transformation here comes with sarah jessica parker yeah who as an old person looked really not good and then as a younger person twin now yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking love the olsons she cleans up really nice you know she's kathy and jimmy's beautiful of course and that is just tens across the board. This mouth gets me every time. I also love her big uh, Elizabeth the First hairdo. Yeah, man. Like that looks great. The women look great. Thou art to be a sprig of a girl, <laughs> <laughs> liar. But I shall be a sprig forever. Like it's great. Like Roger and Ebert, you couldn't understand this. Truly, you honestly, what was going art? on? Come on. That Miller must have turned them down or something like that. Never. For sure. The witches turn their attention to Thackeray. Initially, Winnie intends to kill him, but when he calls her a hag, she decides he needs even harsher punishment. Sisters, did you hear what he called you? I love that line so much. I love it, because it's total deflection, like he couldn't have possibly met me, (laughs) so he meant that to you, you guys. Aren't you mad? We're gonna fuck him up. (laughs) So Winnie calls for her book, which floats over to her as a kid. I thought that was very scary. Yeah, man. That made me upset. Does that mean they have telekinesis or the book can fly? Or is this specific to Winnie? Is it specific to the connection Winnie has to it? Because we know the book was given to her by Satan himself. Interesting. So I have a lot of lore questions. I maybe am developing a huge back lore for Hocus Pocus. I'm into this. If you write a book on it, let's do it. Listen. 
I'm sure there's eight already. Eight million, I think <laughs> is what you meant to say. The spell book opens and it gives her the perfect spell to use. So she tells her sisters to jump, jump back. back. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and Winnie curses Thackeray to live. As what, Winnie? As what? <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. We love this movie, guys. Uh, she curses him to live forever in the form of a black cat, doomed to live with the guilt of failing to save his sister for all eternity. Very dark once again. Winnie is an excellent spellcaster. Like, that is a good curse. That really is, And she man. thought about that on the spot. Yeah. Pretty good curse there, Wynn. Yeah, she is petty. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> all because he called her a hag and tried to save his sister. Like, what did you expect me not to do? Right. Like, come on. You. This is just like kicking somebody while they're down. Winnie. I agree. I agree. Like, he's already failed. And now <laughs> you just got to turn him into a cat. And at this time, black cats had a really negative stigma to them. So this Puritan society that Thackeray was a part of in 1693 would 100% shun a black cat. Like, that would be a servant of the devil, and they would not interact with it. So I think that's double mean. How dare you all? I know. Winnie's, Winnie's the baddest. So just after they transform Thackeray, the townsfolk are banging down the door to the cottage. And Sarah immediately gives them away. Like, Winnie's trying to think of a lie really quickly, and Sarah just blows it that they've been sucking the lives out of little children. They're sucking the lives <laughs> little children! So stupid, Sarah. You're and she worst. deservedly got choked. Oh, yeah, that. both women, both Mary <laughs> and uh, Winnie go to choke Sarah. It's excellent. <laughs> I gotta give a little bit, I'm not a huge Sarah Jessica Parker fan, but I do think she plays the hell out of Sarah. Like, Sarah's yeah. really funny, and she steals the scene all the time. Like, yeah. really well done. Each of the women um, They really play add something. Yeah, seriously and honestly. And, like, I don't think without any of them playing that role or having that character, this movie would have been the same. I agree. My brother and I play this game where we'll, like, think of a really popular movie. We, for this case, we'll use the movie Chicago. And we'll just we'll play a game about who we just who would play those parts if the movie was made today, or if the movie was made in 1982. And we just just like a dumb game we play. And I would never do that with Hocus Pocus. Like, like there's nobody else. Sarah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we never play it with Hocus. We don't play it with some movies because they shouldn't be redone. And we don't play it with Hocus Pocus. I get you. I get like, you. The, there's nothing to do over here. Yeah, they're great. They are the like I. <laughs> I think this is my first. Ex- no, it's not. I was gonna say I think this is my first exposure to Bette Midler as a kid, but I feel like I definitely saw um, Big Business. Oh, nice! Yeah, Big Business is great with Lily Tomlin. Yeah, that's and I was a huge fan of Lily Tomlin. Rightfully I have no so. idea how I knew who Lily Tomlin was <laughs> at that age. I think we we just I have the same attachment. Do you remember like, that movie where she's like shrinking? Yes, in, the Incredible shrinking, shrinking Woman. woman. That's yes. why I knew it because it was always on HBO, bro. Yes, exactly. Okay. I also knew her from Nine to Five. Nine to five, yes. Because my dad loved Dolly Parton. And so I know I watched Nine to Five at, when I was like one year old. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. good stuff. Yeah, I'm a cradle fan of Dolly Parton. <laughs> so the townsfolks immediately throw up the hanging rope. And they're ready to oh, toast God. all three of these women. All three women openly mock the town folk and laugh at them. And it's great. Like They just are not scared at all. Here's the thing. I would probably been burned at the stake during these Puritan puritanical Me too. times. I wouldn't have made it to 1693. I wouldn't have gotten out of the 1400s. <laughs> like it just wouldn't have happened. They would have been like, "Oh, 
any of these thousands of reasons. Truly and honestly. I mean, minus the child murder, I'm kind of on the Sanderson sister yeah, side. Yeah, ditto. Like, I would like to find a way to suck their life force without killing them. Like, maybe we just take a little bit at a time. Don't kill the kids. Yeah. You know, just an idea. Maybe, like, detention. You got to go there for, like, an hour. So like... Yeah, do some chores, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Don't kill kids. I get it. <laughs> So while the women have the nooses around their necks, they begin to sing. And we learn that the town folk know that when the witches sing, you have to not listen. That that's how they cast their spells is when they sing. Do you think that, know that because that's like witch lore for the time that was kind of like practical knowledge or specific to the Sanderson sisters? I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm asking you like your witch expert. I think, I think that lore exists outside of Hocus Pocus that there's something attached to like a woman singing like a siren song yeah like there is something attached to a witch can bewitch you by singing so i'm not sure but it might just be hocus pocus but no matter what the second the witches start to sing all the townspeople react everybody goes to cover their ears so it's known to do that Mm. the dummy that was holding winnie's spell book drops the book to cover his ears and that's all it takes the spell book opens right away to the perfect spell And Winnie goes for it. Before they die, she says on Halloween night, when the moon is full, a virgin will summon them back from the grave so that they can claim all of the lives of the children in Salem. That's a badass. Again, Winnie is a great sorceress. She's a great spellcaster. Like, if you cast a spell and you want something, you have to give something. Like, she is really smart. I would love a backstory on Winnie because she's got her shit together. If it were these two fucking dumb sisters, she probably would be a little better off. Maybe so, but I mean, she needs the muscle. <laughs> she does need the muscle, for sure. And they are sort of an echo chamber, so they do feed her ego. Yeah, I think truly it's important. That's Winnie's fatal flaw. <laughs> um, I do think that she had a backup, backup plan. Like, like Winnie was smart. She had contingency plans. Like, they had this candle for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the scene is the witches being hanged. I heard there was a longer cut of this. No? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, go for it. No, I don't know anything other than that. I, I didn't think say that anything was about that. Cut. I think, or something like they cut, they cut it on the Disney Channel or something like that. Something about like the hanging I thing. was just going to say that the sight of the three sets of feet hanging lifelessly did have a little bit of an effect on me as a seven-year-old. Like, that was scary. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> Really scary. And I do think it's a call. I think that Conjuring references it when we see the hanging feet in the Conjuring. I think that's a shout out to Hocus Pocus. Do you think so? I (laughs) love the Conjuring. (laughs) James Wan, let us know. As director and creator of the Conjuring, were you calling back Hocus Pocus? (laughs) Could you imagine if James Bond, James Bond, James Wan remade Hocus Pocus? I would die. It would be great. I would love to see it. Especially at this last Conjuring. I think we were really small-minded about witches. I would love to see a Conjuring universe celebrate witches. I'm telling you, man. I feel like Lorraine Warren would be cool with which if she would. Definitely. I love Lorraine. Back in the movie, the old-timey scene dissolves, and we're back in the present where a teacher has been telling this story to her high school class. And this is where we meet Max Dennison. Too cool for school. His L.A. attitude. He announces that this is all baloney. Everyone knows that Halloween was created by the candy companies. Like, this town stresses Halloween too much. It's weird. It's lame. Stop. Dude, calm down, L.A. Also, that teacher is like a character actress. I've seen well, it in a no, million things. Yeah, I agree. I love her. I also love her. She does great here, too. 
cool girl Allison. Kathleen Freeman, sorry. Kathleen Freeman. Yeah. What else has she been in? Kathleen Freeman was in uh, an 80s horror movie that I absolutely fucking loved when I was a kid. What's it called? Uh, hold on. Let's see. Oh my gosh. She, another Disney vehicle character she played, voice acting. She was Mama Crackshell <gasps> from DuckTales. Wow. Fit and Crackshell's mom. Yes, I know who she Gizmo is. Gizmo Duck. That's excellent. She's a good character. Yeah, man. Get that. She Kathleen wore curlers Freeman. in her hair, but never had them out. <laughs> I love DuckTales. I feel like I am that character now in my adulthood. Because <laughs> she watched a lot of like... Uh... A lot of like daytime TV. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty pretty judgmental. She had really strong opinions. Okay. She was in Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Yes! And The Willies, which is one of my favorite yes! horror movies from the 90s. Wow. Tell us her name again. Kathleen Freeman. Kathleen Freeman. Here's your roses, Kathleen Freeman. Thank you for, for making real. my childhood, so her childhood really great. You are super great. And her time in Hocus Pocus is short, but she's super, she's really enjoyable. I would have loved that teacher. Me too. I she like, seems like a delight. Fuck you, LA. <laughs> we love Halloween here. Massachusetts. So cool girl Allison, she's like, hey, idiot. <laughs> Everyone knows Halloween is based on All Hallows' Eve. Use your context clues. Duh. <laughs> After or after this exchange, Max gives Allison his phone number in front of the whole class. That's BDE right there. I think it's not. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you miss every shot you don't take. Fair point. I just think do it in a more private setting. Like when you do it in front of everybody, you're putting a lot of pressure on the person you're giving your number to. That is very true. I didn't think about that. In no. my opinion. So he catches up to her after class and he kind of apologizes. He's like, you know, I wasn't trying to be an ass, you know. I just, I just moved here. I don't get why you guys like Halloween so much. You know, it's just been weird for me. And Allison's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't need to talk outside class. She gives him a note back. And Max's like, hell yeah. Opens it up. It's his number. I think that's big dick energy. <laughs> yeah. Allison, again, star of the movie. Love. After his interaction with Allison, Max does this cool guy bike ride through town <laughs> he like jumps curves and makes fast turns <laughs> it's like very 90s like <laughs> extreme on this bike ride he cuts through the cemetery which is disrespectful and bad luck yeah bro terrible <laughs> idea to take a shortcut through cemetery In Everybody Salem, knows on halloween like you are clearly from la Max day, Max's day goes from bad to worst when in the cemetery he runs into school bullies Jay and Ice. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> this is God-given name. I refuse to call him Ice. He has Ice shaved into the back of his head and there is a kid in my elementary school who did that and he was also a tool. <laughs> Wait, he shaved Ice? In no, the he oh. shaved like something else. Into, a, a word. I can't remember what the word was. Tubular. <laughs> I'm Jay, and this is Ernie. Hey, how many times do I have to tell you? It's ice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ernie, you know, ice is a cooler nickname, I guess, than Ernie. I like Ernie. These bullies give Max a hard time about being from L.A. They start calling him Hollywood. <laughs> and the interaction ends when they steal, they steal his sneakers. And he has to ride home in his socks. I will say Jay has um, very intense eyes, like as this character, I would be afraid of Jay. 
I am off put by both of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they feel like predators. <laughs> <laughs> they play these roles very well. Yeah, they're really good. And I think one of them, at least, looks like he might actually be a teenager. <laughs> they don't look like they're just being played by adults, which no. is cool. My brother got jumped for stuff all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. We lived in a not great neighborhood. And so he got jumped for his bike like four times. And then he got jumped for his starter jacket. Mm. And mm. we would tease him whenever we saw this <laughs> scene. You're terrible. I'm like, is this what it was like, Josh? It's <laughs> <laughs> our dicks. Why aren't you, were you doing the jumping? Would you? It was definitely not my starter jacket now. So rightfully so, Max gets home and he's pissed. Like he gives his parents a hard time who are still unpacking before he storms up to his bedroom, which I guess is like also a bell tower. I don't understand. There's like a balcony like tower that's in his room. Max, you have a great room, bro. This house is a fucking mansion. Yeah, shut up. And he's really having a piss fit about it. Max goes to feed his fish before his little sister, Danny, pops out of the closet she's been hiding in. Hiding in just long enough to watch her brother cuddle a pillow while calling it Allison. Oh, man. Which is pretty cringe. <laughs> and Danny is a creep for hiding in a closet. Total creep. Danny is dressed up in her costume already. She's a witch. And she is super excited for Max to take her trick-or-treating later. But Max refuses. Before he just starts straight up ignoring his sister while he plays his drum set. Because, of course, he has a drum set. Yeah, he has the coolest room ever. Jeez, Richie Rich, I didn't know that you were just, your life is so hard. Did you ever have to take your sibling trick-or-treating? Oh, yeah. Like, after we moved, I had to take my little brother and, like, his little group of troll friends. (laughs) Well, like, I was, like, maybe a, I had to do it until I got a job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was lame. But then my big brother had to do it for us. It's, like, a big... What about you? Did you have to take your little sister out? No. Really? That's what parents are for. <laughs> See, my mom was always at work. Oh, okay. And like, if she was on the rare occasion she wasn't at work, she would do candy. And she'd be okay. like, go back. You have to be back by 930. The door will be locked at 931. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about Sue. <laughs> Punctuality. So, of course, the siblings fight before Danny screeches for her parents, who do force Max like, the parents tell them, like, we are going to a Halloween party. You have to take your sister to treating End of discussion. There is a deleted scene where after this conversation with his parents, Max storms out through the back door. And we learn this place is fucking lakefront. The backyard has a dock. Not only is this beautiful mansion here for you, your backyard is a scenic lake? Yeah, Max, you... Let me tell you what my backyard was. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like entitled white man jeez calm down i mean in his defense he did just get beat up and robbed so they just took his shoes okay and be tougher like you don't know these kids you should have been like yeah i'm from california i'm crazy (laughs) (laughs) we had to move here because i burned down the gym yeah say some really (laughs) fucked up shit say something crazy see what happens (laughs) it's not gonna get worse (laughs) (laughs) i sort of hate max but whatever it's hard to be a teenager blah 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 blah. max does eventually you know accept his fate and take his sister out trick-or-treating but he's not in a costume he's just wearing his clothes while trick-or-treating they run into max's bullies jay and ice who are taking kids candy bags smashing pumpkins all sorts of dumb teenager shit 
I've never had this happen to me. No, me either. This must be like a small town thing. Yeah, also, who's... Well, I mean, I'm terrified of teenagers, too. Me too, but who, yeah, for sure. Like, this is right in front of somebody's house. Why aren't you, like, yelling at them? Right. There's parents walking by. Right, and they're just letting these teenagers run amok? There Get is a lot of, of them. I guess, but I, I would be calling some parents. This is why I carry a taser. <laughs> I don't have a taser. When the bullies stop Danny for her bag, she tells him to drop dead. Good job, Danny. <laughs> And she, she's like, watch out. I'll get my big brother on you. This does not go well. Uh, the teenagers mock Max more. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually the only way they get past them is Max gives the other teenagers like his bag of candy. And that gets them out of it. But Danny is embarrassed. She's like embarrassed on behalf of Max. She's like, what were you doing? <laughs> oh. like, why are you going to let them, you know, boss you around like that? At least take an ass whooping. <laughs> Shit. This causes to a fight between the siblings, and Danny runs off. Max apologizes. They have a sweet Disney sibling moment in the middle of a pumpkin display, which also seems like rude. Like, why are you messing with this pumpkin? Yeah, display? I the mom who uh, <laughs> sees them, like the extra who plays the mom whose house that is, is really fun. <laughs> they come upon an even bigger mansion. They go in, and there's a huge cauldron full of candy. They look up. They look up when they hear Max's name, and on the stairs is Allison, Allison, cool girl from class. She offers them cider and explains that her parents have this stuffy, boring party every year, and she always gets stuck on candy duty. Another great teenager pout moment. Allison compliments Danny's costume, and Danny says she really likes Allison's costume. Allison is dressed as a revolutionary war era fancy lady fancy lady <laughs> danny says you know gosh i would love to wear a dress like that but i can't because matt because i don't have any like you know those things max what do you call them yabos, yabos? that's a dick move. i don't Nanny. have any yabos. <laughs> <laughs> as if that weren't enough she goes max really likes your yabos man Danny, why really are you doing this? Not being a cool person, right? We just now. had a moment. We were just cool with each other. And now you're gonna put me on blast in front of this cool girl in this mansion. Yeah, if you play it right, <laughs> we could be hanging out in this mansion. And Danny's already eating some of the fancy candy she found. So it's like, if nothing else, be a good kid and recognize this huge source of candy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Another reason why I think Allison's the best character here is she's just like smiles and laughs it off. Yeah. Like she really she doesn't She's not mean to Max. She doesn't hold it against them. Like, she just takes it with good humor. Like, Allison's a champ, low-key. Yeah, we need Allison in the story. For sure. When Danny expresses interest in the legend of the Sanderson sisters, Allison reveals that her mother used to run the museum, which is the old, which is the sister's old cottage. Convenient. Yeah. Good plot. <laughs> plot development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they had to close the museum down a couple years ago because all these spooky things kept happening there. After some conjoling from Max, the trio decide to go visit the house for a Halloween treat. Now, it's Halloween night. The whole damn town knows about the Sanderson curse. And yet these three children have no problem accessing the closed museum. I think... That Allison's family is very prominent, and they're just not going to say anything to Allison. That is a great point. It could also be that Allison had keys. Yeah. Like if her if her mom ran the museum, 
maybe she found the key drawer and she just got the keys. <laughs> Fancy old keys in there. <laughs> and, you know, if she had, I just think, you know, for a town where everyone knows about this stuff, maybe post an adult at the old Sanderson place. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. I agree with you there. A security <laughs> guard would hurt. Bare minimum. Like, get a rent-a-cop. Would have been a hilarious it, character yeah, in there. Yeah, super funny. Yeah. Could have been chasing people around. Like, it would have been so funny. It could have been Paul Blart. <laughs> I think you mean Mike Blart? <laughs> it wasn't even Mike Blart. It was Mike Plart. <laughs> oh, shit. So, like, I'm not blaming people, but I just think some of the responsibility is on the Salem Police Department for the events that happened in the film. <laughs> Like, they just should have had a rookie base at the house. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But Max knows that he's made a mistake right away. The house begins to rock with power as the sisters are revived. When the door is thrown open, Danny and Allison hide on either side while Max ducks down. In comes everyone's favorite sisters. Bette Midler really does have an excellent witch cackle. Mm-hmm. Like, it is... I am shocked she made it this far in her career without playing a witch because she really has the cackle down. As a cackler, I just really respect it. The witches are overjoyed at returning home. Sarah finds her lucky rat tail and Winifred wakes her book up while pondering who lit the candle. Oh my gosh. The tension. (laughs) Mary immediately detects children and sniffs out Danny right away. That bloodhound. Bloodhound. But only for kids. I don't know. Like, it's all about kids, which is interesting to me. Like, why does it all, why do all witch stuff come back to kids? I think it's funny that when they were working on the costume for Allison, who's a 16-year-old girl, they put her in mom jeans and two sensible sweaters. Yeah, bro. (laughs) It's Salem, Massachusetts Halloween. I'm sure it's a little chilly. She should have a puffer coat on, first of all. It's probably very cold. Like, I don't think that's enough. But I just think it's funny when it's like girl on Halloween, she would wear her sensible pearls. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just she's a very conservative outfit on. So the witches sniff out Danny, and Danny, being the smart little girl she is, she welcomes the sisters back and says, "It's I who brought you back." Like she's immediately being like, "Hey, I'm just like you. Like I smart did this for girl. you." That is a really brilliant move. I feel like that'd be young Patricia's move. Really smart. The sisters are delighted to hear that they've been gone for 300 years. They quickly surround Danny, like ready to pr- ready to pounce, but they're distracted when Max jumps out of hiding, demanding they release his sister. Amused, Winifred easily subdues Max with her powers. Winnie has good powers, dude. On like yeah. the list of fictional witches, Winnie can like shoot lightning out of her fingers. Like that's a cool power. Yeah. I would like one of those, please. Winnie is pretty powerful, and it's just like, I love everything that she brings (laughs) to the table. I know, right? I'm a huge fan. Like, Bette Midler plays a hell out. It's the eyes for me in the scene where she's talking to Danny. Like, she's like, it's obvious that she's just like, sure, sweetie. Okay. (laughs) Like, she's just hip to it. Yeah. Like, she sees through everything. She's like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. (laughs) So even though Winnie is also it's another shout out to Winnie, they've just come back from the dead. So right away, she has full powers to take down this teenage boy. Man. I love it. Like, it just gets me excited. Good job, Winnie. Mary is holding Danny back. So Danny can only watch as Winifred is like 
torturing her brother basically again like when you talk about these things out loud they sound really heavy yeah but watching them it's all done with like a smile and a wink like it is not it sounds worse than it is hello (laughs) goodbye again saving the day allison manages to wall up mary with a frying pan so allison takes out mary and that gives danny a minute to take out winifred and sarah with her candy bag which causes Winnie to stop (laughs) lighting up her brother Max, which is great. Before Winnie can retaliate, the black cat attacks her out of nowhere, giving Danny enough time to get dazed Max up on his feet to get him out. With his stolen lighter, Max thinks fast and triggers the the sprinkler system. He tells the witch that he is the great and powerful Max and that he is summoning the burning rain of death. (laughs) Burning rain of death? Burning rain of death? Burning rain of death. Sounds terrifying. (laughs) The cat orders Max to grab the spell books, batting at him impatiently when Max is struck by this talking cat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, quick thinking, Binks, but also, yeah, give me a moment. I've never seen a talking cat before. Exactly. Max follows his instructions, breaks the glass containing the spell book, escaping with the cat out of the witch's cottage because Allison and Danny have already hightailed it out of there. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm not staying back for this shit. The witches realize they have been fooled and they go to chase, but they come to a rushing black river. Mary and Winnie look at each other and they both decide to push Sarah out. Man, that's messed up. (laughs) They didn't have to do Sarah like that. Turns out it is not a black river. It's just a road. Remember, (laughs) they're from 1693. So a fun running joke is going to be how modern society delights and terrifies the witches. (laughs) Same. Walking on the road, they go to chase the kids, but are terrified when a fire truck comes sprinting at them. because Witch hunters. Witch hunters. They have axes, so they're probably witch hunters. But they're just firemen because Max triggered the sprinkler system. What's great is that this gives the kids plenty of time to get away. The cat leads the kids to a graveyard, telling them that since it's hollow ground, witches can't set foot here. Confronted confronted with a talking cat, Danny and Allison stare at Max. Who's like, what? Cats talk. <laughs> Be cool. What is hollow ground again? Hollow ground, I believe, is ground that has been blessed by a priest. Okay, okay. Or that some religious service has happened upon i could be wrong but i think that's what that means the cat leads them straight to the grave of billy butcherson an ex-lover of winifred's the cat explains that when winnie found out that billy was cheating on her with her sister sarah she poisoned him and sewed his mouth shut so even in death he couldn't reveal her secrets dark and twisted the cat tells that to the kids because he wants the kids to understand who he is dealing with right now yeah this is not a joke winnie will hurt you they might kill you. Like, don't take this lightly. But again, big brain of the group for Allison, she realizes that this cat must be Thackeray Binks. This Man, without Allison, this group would have been toast. Toast, literally dozens of times. Allison is the hero of the story. Back at the house, the sisters are hiding in the bushes from the firefighters, which they think are witch hunters. <laughs> and Sarah's me in this situation, because those those men were hot. Don't even get me started on firefighters, man. (laughs) While hiding, Winifred explains that they only have tonight, 
once the black flame candle burns out, they are dust. So there's no wasting time. We need to get this potion. We need to get the spellbook back in order so I can make the potion. Confirming Allison's suspicions, Binks leads them to the grave of his little sister, Emily, and tells them his story. Determined to prevent anyone from resurrecting the sisters, Binks has spent the last 300 years guarding the black frame candle from people like Max. He didn't do a good job. Like, I feel like once you were, they were in there, maybe you should have probably, like, knocked the candle over. I don't know, Binks. I think he's a cat. Okay. First of all. He's a man in a cat body. But he doesn't have thumbs. Fair. Also, yeah, why don't we just destroy the candle? Like, you've had 300 years. You couldn't hide the candle. Knock the stand <laughs> over. Just push it with your nose. My cat knocks stuff over all the time. <laughs> your cat tried to steal my wallet. Cats that, can do anything. <laughs> that is rude and racist. It was a fact. He went straight into my bag and tried to take it. I watched him do it. <laughs> <laughs> he did do it. But I ain't no snitch. Allison tries to open the spell book, but Binks stops her, telling us the book will call to Winnie if it's opened. Suddenly, the witches appear on their brooms. And while they can't set foot on hollow ground, they can still fly above it. Even so, they don't have much success capturing the children. So Winnie calls them back up. She raises her ex-boyfriend Billy back from the dead as a zombie and mm. orders him to, re to retrieve her spellbook. Managing to evade Billy, Max smacks the zombie's head off with a tree branch. Man. As Binks helps them escape through the sewers. Good thinking, Max. Really fast thinking. And as a kid, when that zombie head popped off, let me tell you, I laughed and <laughs> laughed and laughed. I thought that was peak comedy. Fun fact, Billy is played by famous character actor Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Who is most recently known for his role as the creature in The Shape of Water. But he also played the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. He was Abe Sapien in the good Hellboy movies. Wow. Um, what a Resume. Has, oh my gosh, it goes on and on and on. He's basically been in every Guillermo del Toro uh, film. But he also does a ton of other stuff. Doug Jones is a star. He played the No-Face in Hush, of the uh, Buffy episode. Yeah. The sisters attempt to track the kids, but they've gone too far away for Mary to sniff them out. Winnie is getting even more frustrated with her sisters. So Mary offers a calming circle. <laughs> <laughs> This scene is really sweet. Like, I really think Kathy and Jimmy shines in this scene. Oh, yeah. Like, Mary really p slows things down. Like, she can see Winnie going off the rails. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let's relax for a minute. I mean, she's pretty calm for a child eater, so. <laughs> for women whose sole purpose is to murder children, Mary's like, let's chill out. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like breathe dude i also Your like to encourage my friends to calm down especially when they're all riled up take a deep breath let's relax for a second think soothing thoughts <laughs> rabbit bats black death mummy scorpion, scorpion pie. pie mother <laughs> the sisters are interrupted by a bus because they're doing their their calming circle at a bus stop Although initially alarmed, the smitten bus driver agrees to let them on the bus and to take them where children are. Because Winnie says that's what she wants. She's like, take us to children. You say that so nicely. Nicely. He's like totally hitting on them. This hornball bus driver yeah. is like, yeah, baby, I'll take you to where children are. Give me a minute. Oh, God. And it's, it's cringe. Uh, but it's funny. I love it anytime the witches get to like interact with technology or something. It always makes me giggle because I'm simple. <laughs> and so I'm like, I love it. 
all this time, Billy the zombie has been chasing the kids through the sewers because they're being led by rat chaser Binks. The smitten bus driver lets Sarah sit on his lap to drive the bus. While driving, the bus hits the sewer grate where Binks was just coming out of the sewers. Yeah, it's a pretty graphic scene. Pretty graphic. Like, we watched the cat get hit by a bus. Max, Allison, and Danny especially are devastated. Like, they've just watched the cat be run over. But this is a cursed cat. <laughs> so he's coming right back. The sound effect they use when Binks comes, like, the sound of, bank, uh, of Binks being reanimated is a not good sound. What what do you don't like about it is like I think it's the the recracking is the okay. sound that really bothers me. Like they're putting his bones back together. Interesting. Yeah. Ugh, makes I don't like it. I don't like it. it. Gives me the shivers. Now here's my question. Maybe I'm thinking too deeply into the magic. Impossible. What is what is reforming those right. bones? Right. Right. Like right. Like is it just nothing? Because he's a like all of his physical body would deteriorate. We're thinking too hard into this. (laughs) (laughs) Back on the bus, Mary suddenly smells children, and the sisters hurriedly disembark. The bus driver calls after Sarah, and Sarah says, Thou wouldst hate me in the morning. (laughs) Great line for two reasons. Well done. Once off the bus, they're all super confused because they smell children, but all they see are are goose, ghosts and goblins and goose. So many goose. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Oh, I have sorry. a speech impediment, and you just <laughs> deliberately attack me on air all the time. Okay. <laughs> Is that a Michael Myers man or Frankenstein? So the witches are confused. They smell children, but they don't see children. The house they arrive at is decorated as the gates of hell. Where, for some unknown reason, Gary Marshall is dressed as Satan. When they were casting this movie... Does Gary Marshall not have anything to do with this movie? No. Does Penny Marshall? No. That's really weird. I thought one of them was like directing. Well, actually, I knew that. But the only connection I could figure out is Gary Marshall directed Beaches, which was Bette Midler, which starred Bette Midler. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there, and the women are all, all are like Satan, so they're witches, so they're immediately like master. They're very impressed with him. He invites them into the house. And he's tickled pink by their amazing costumes. So there's a classic miscommunication here. Been there, man. (laughs) How many times have I not thought somebody was a witch? Gosh. Or the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the kids stumble upon a cop and explain what's happened and ask for help. But the cop thinks they're joking around and he tells them to beat it. Turns out it wasn't even a cop. It's just some asshole in a costume. Dude, that... That's actually probably one of the more scarier things about this. This man has a realistic cop, cop uh, a costume. Very realistic. 
photorealistic. Yeah, so you're walking around dressed as a cop that says, like, the Salem. Well, it has a witch on there. I don't know if that's the city's I emblem. I think that's the city's emblem in the movie. I'm not saying it's the real city's emblem. Oh, okay. But I like it. <laughs> Back in the Hell House, Satan wants to introduce the sisters to his little woman, his wife, who, as Brandon mentioned earlier, is played by Gary Marshall's sister, Penny Marshall. Why would they cast brother as sister as husband and wife in this movie they have nothing to do with? I man, like, it is bewildering. It's a funny bit. <laughs> it's for a great a kid. bit, yeah. yeah. But like now knowing that they're like actually siblings, like what is why? Did the people who were originally cast not show up? <laughs> and Penny and Gary were just there, and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> like it's just so odd. Listener, if you know why the Marshalls are involved, tell us. Because I am Petunia true. Face. I still call Ruby Petunia Face yeah, because you of this do. movie. Oh, Petunia Face. So when we see Penny, she is like classic frumpy wife. She's in a robe. She has curlers in her hair. Because of the curlers, uh, Mary thinks that she's Medusa. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Penny Marshall does add some really great uh, lines in 100% here. One hundred percent, she does. Aren't yeah. you brides a little old to be trick or treating? She's a Who star. Who doesn't say that? Anymore? She's a star. So Winnie immediately asks Satan, asks the devil, asks asks Gary Marshall <laughs> uh, for help getting with a spell book because remember her original spell book was given to to her by him. So she thinks maybe he has another book or can help her get the book. Right. But master, as she calls him, just like waves Winnie off. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get to it kind of pushes Winnie <laughs> into the kitchen. Mary sits down in the recliner, starts watching TV. <laughs> Mary is me. <laughs> yeah, Mary is like all of us here, yeah. right? Meanwhile, Sarah slithers up to Satan and asks him for a dance. We know what's up, Sarah. We see you, and I love it. So when Penny Marshall comes back downstairs, she comes upon Satan and Sarah dancing in the dark. Again, not the most Disney package. Also, watch this. Her skirt, she has her skirt pulled up to her waist. Whoa. Sarah Aho. And I love it. <laughs> Me like, too, I just girl. love it. Go for the power. But the wife is pissed off. She says, y'all got to get out of here. Rightfully so, right? Hands down. And, but these witches aren't like scared. So Winnie steps right up to the wife and she's like, make us. <laughs> The wife is a genius, and she calls for her little dog, Ralph. Ralph. Who chases those bitches straight out the house. Did you get Ralph's uh I did not. Okay. I did not. I just remember that his name was Ralph, even. Yeah, it's a good dog name for a dog like that. If you really? have a dog like that, please send us pictures. If you haven't seen the movie, the dog playing Ralph is a little dog with wings on him. I feel like it's a terrier of some sort. <laughs> I think it's a terrier. That looks like Toto. Sort. Yeah, it does. Back on the street, Winnie realizes that All Hallows' Eve has turned into a night of frolic. Mm. Her irritation only increased when the trio find out that their broomsticks have been stolen. But the little girls dress like them. Entitled little shitheads. First of all, those are not yours. Yeah, that was weird, right? Second of all, this could be part of the elaborate Halloween display. Yeah, but Third also of... as a kleptomaniac kid, I took a lot of stuff. Same, that loved it, still do. <laughs> but... The third point is, what kind of witch costume did you have where you didn't have a broom? Maybe they had brooms. Was it like, this shit's stupid? Maybe. I just have a lot of questions, but I do respect them stealing things. <laughs> at Salem Town Hall, the kids have arrived to look for their parents at the town Halloween party. 
turns out Salem has a pretty rocking fucking Halloween party yeah, every dude. year. I would love to go to this party. Everybody has like drink costumes. Yeah. Costumes, drinks. Seems like dancing. a dancing. People Everybody's have... dancing so that you know they're drunk. Right. They're having a good time. I would go to this party. Max finds his dad dressed as Dad Kila. <laughs> Funny costume. So I'm into Max's dad. Are you? Yeah. I feel like he looks like Jimmy Neutron's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Uh, Danny, meanwhile, finds mom who has a great Madonna costume on. Like, mom has committed to this Madonna costume. This took her a while to put this costume together. Yeah. And that impresses me because I love costumes. It is a pretty elaborate costume. <laughs> Meanwhile, her husband came in pajamas. Because he <laughs> he's dad, Kila. Because <laughs> dads are just in their pajamas. He gives very uh, Phil Dunphy vibes from Modern Family. Very Fan. much. Good. That's a, I can see that 100%. Also snaps to this couple who are at a party and are not dependent on each other's couple. Man. Like, they're both in, they're both doing their own thing. Truly, I honestly. I see it. So the kids try to convince their parents that they've brought three witches back from the dead. But mom and dad are not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> if they were parents like me, I would be like super stoned. Like, are they? Am I high? Right? I'm like, you... one of us is miscommunicating. <laughs> <laughs> Could you write this down? <laughs> Text me and then we'll circle back. <laughs> I can't handle this right now, Danny. God. I've ingested too many mushrooms. The acid is really kicking right now, honey. Could you give me like 24 <laughs> minutes? I should be good in like a half an hour, honey. Just sit down, dance with this alligator. <laughs> it's actually Danny who looks up and catches sight of the sisters and Billy. Everyone's at the party. Bad news. The witches split up to look for the kids, but quickly give up, which is convenient because Max has jumped on stage interrupting the band and he's on the mic he says the town's kids are in danger the sanderson sisters are here right here and the spotlight shines down on the sisters if for some reason you can only watch six minutes of hocus pocus watch the music number yeah because it's great duh. it's literally my favorite part of the movie of course and i even as a kid i was like this is the best part of the movie oh yeah i love halloween probably because this movie it always made it so like grand and fun yes and like, i yeah. love that attitude yeah. I love that. I've always wanted to party on Halloween. I've also always wanted to party on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween. You guys want to party on Halloween? Hit me up. Let's all party. But no play. <laughs> so, Winnie thanks him for the introduction and immediately begins her song. Remember, singing is how the witches curse. So the I put a spell on you number... Winnie's... is especially effective yeah Winnie is putting a spell on you literally like and again Bette Midler is just eating the scene she really like, is man there's a hundred people on screen and you're only looking at Bette Midler yeah. like she's just oh she's wonderful and I love the song love the number they the witches eventually get on stage and Mary and Sarah are backup singers it's just great I mean this is drag though oh like, eight a... million percent god dang Bette Midler when he gets on the mic, hello, Salem. <laughs> My name's Winifred. What's yours? And the whole, and the audience reacts right away because of two things. Because one, that Miller's great. But also yeah. the witches are cursing them. They're putting them under a spell. So at the end of the number, when he says dance, dance until you die. And mm-hmm. so the whole town's adults are now like hypnotized basically. 
Winnie, man, powerful. Powerful and smart. Like she thought about that on her feet. And she's like, I got it. Max made this all worse. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. By bringing the witches here, he has doomed the town. Yeah. Because now he's taking all of the adults, except for the boring rich people at Allison's parents' house. Who really don't care about who them. Are, who yeah. don't care about their kids. Because their kids are all like boarding school and shit. <laughs> so, like, he, they've eliminated the town's adults to help. It's wild. Way to go, Winifred. Again, I don't want to be on Winifred's side. <laughs> but, but she I'm makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just killing it. <laughs> this musical number has also been worked into all of Bette Midler's uh, tours. Really? Oh, yeah. Starting in, like, 2015, she has a whole Winnie, like, she's got costume. Her backup singers dress up as Mary and Sarah. She does the whole number. Yeah, like, you Bette absolutely Midler loves do. it. And rightfully so. Like, it's a delight. It's a great musical number. It's up there with anything in Sister Act, I would say. I would agree. I would agree. I wish there was more. We only have one musical number. That's, that's the thing honestly. that I'm sad. I mean, if you guess, I guess if you count Sarah's song. That's a musical number, I guess. That is a musical number. We'll get and to it. very, very catchy, too. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, as the sisters take hold of the entire room, uh, Billy chases after the kids, but the kids manage to escape because he's a zombie and they're three kids <laughs> and a cat. The kids run down an alley hiding behind a restaurant. And since it's behind a restaurant, Mary can't differentiate the sense. So, the witches stop searching for them in that spot they pass her go on winifred furious in the alley allison kind of like accidentally knocks into a stove and group big brain allison man she's got an idea in the clutch yet again allison i've noticed that it's been mostly like allison and danny really helping the group literally and then max is always kind of making things a little worse yeah thus yeah. far i don't know this i think it's because sometimes uh max doesn't think through his actions okay i see that we next see the witches have followed the scent of children to the high school where they hear max doing his best morning dj into the intercom (laughs) drawing the witches deeper into the school the witches hear a how to learn french tape (laughs) and they follow the voice because you know they don't know about recordings and stuff they think it's a person so they follow the voice straight into the school's pottery kiln where? Which is wild. The school has a pottery kiln. That a large. walk-in pottery kiln. Man, Salem, Massachusetts. Nice school. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but again, Allison and Danny are waiting for them. They push the door closed. They lock it. And we see the witches go up in flames. Also, this seems really dangerous to have in a high school. Again, with no sense of, with no security at all. No one is at the school. Halloween night. Everything is open. I'm These telling- kids get into the school. They get into the art room. They get into the kiln in the art room. I, a lot of stuff. This is also explained away that Allison's just super rich and has a lot of influence. Could be. And we just don't see her being like, do you know who I am? <laughs> Reese Witherspooning it. <laughs> As Chaz calls her, Reese Witherspoons. <laughs> uh, when you said that, all I can think of is, don't they install those chicos? That's so muy bueno. <laughs> Oh, gosh. (laughs) I love Reese with a spoon. The kids, we next see the kids dancing their ass off, celebrating outside the high school, watching green smoke come out of the chimney. They think they have solved this problem. I mean, 
I would too, right? We watched them go up in flames. So yeah, I would say good job us. <laughs> Way to go. We nailed it. <laughs> and that's usually how uh, witches die. Right. Right. When Max tells Binks he's a denizen now, time Aww. to come home, Binks is a little dismayed that the curse on him hasn't broken. But he follows them home. Yeah, that that'd be heartbreaking. That like, would be hard, right? Like you would be hoping for some relief, and relief would not come. Yeah, and that's a shame. The whole like being cursed for three hundred years sounds terrible. Max and Danny are surprised when they get back to their huge mansion, and their parents aren't home yet. We see a clip of the parents dancing their ass off at the town hall <laughs> party. <laughs> they are all having a blast. Everyone is in Max's room. Danny and Banks are in bed. And Allison and Max are cuddling on the staircase. Which seems like the least comfortable place to cuddle I could think of. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> carpet, I guess. Is it's there carpet? wood. Oh. I mean, they have a pillow and stuff. Cuddling is great, but I just wouldn't do it on a staircase. That's me. I'm old and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the high school, we learned that the sisters have survived. They stumble out of the kiln. Singed, but definitely not burned. I love Winnie in the scene. <laughs> she comes out reciting the French she had listened to on the How to Learn French tape. It's excellent. There's another deleted scene that takes place in the high school where they come into a room, which is where the pool is. Oh. And they don't know what a pool is. Like, it looks wild because it's all lit up and stuff. Sarah and Mary push Winnie in. Oh. Ooh. And they laugh. <laughs> and Winnie laughs. She goes to the edge. Because just, it's just water. So Winnie's laughing. The sisters come to the edge of the pool to help Winnie out. And they get Winnie out of the pool. But then she strikes them both with electricity. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a lightning bolt. <laughs> Do they film that? Or is that kind of like... Some of it's filmed. Okay. I was able to see like a clip of it. Nice. That's so cool. I love all of the jokes about the witches discovering... Yeah. Like... I love that stuff. Do we see her wet after at any point? Um, no, because the lightning bolt dried her off. Oh, okay. Th okay. Winnie is powerful. Yeah, man. I would be afraid to be up against the three Me of them. Me too. I mean, they seem goofy and stuff, whatever. But, but also, they're also coming they from eat. blood. Yeah. Like, this is a you or us moment. Yeah. Very scary. Stupid Max. This is all your fault. <laughs> Lighting candles and shit. Yes, they're still partying. And they are. <laughs> Sanderson Sisters next time, cocaine does the same thing. <laughs> and they're from LA. <laughs> so you know they know about coke. Yeah. They probably brought it. <laughs> they didn't even get a spell put on them. Because they were already hot on coke. They just got everybody tweaked up. I didn't really mention it. To For some of the close-ups on... You can mention it now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> When there's a close-up on the cat of, like, the cat talking, they did use computer effects to do that. Oh, cool. So while there are a lot of practical effects, there are also some visual effects for the cat. I can I can see it. Yeah, me too. And I think it holds up. It looks fine. Like, it's a good job. My talking cat looks better, but it's besides the point. I mean, your talking cats are really good, though. We can't compare other people's talking cats to your talking cats. Yeah. I would love it if your cats could talk. Not me. Oof, man. <laughs> Vincent meows all the time. He's very vocal, which I've never vocal. had a vocal cat really before. Yeah. I love it, though. He just wants me to love him. 
Yeah, he's just communicating his needs. Yeah, me too. Which, you know, we should all be so lucky. So we see a street covered in toilet paper. And it's our buddies, high school bullies, Jay and Ice. Who, since it's 3 o'clock in the morning, they're the only kids out anymore. <laughs> this probably would have been me and my friends. For sure. In the sense that we didn't have parents who really cared where we were. The witches find them right away. And they take the bullies with them back to their cottage. Man. Because uh, Jay and I say mean things to them again. They're like, why is it only the weird chicks that stay out late? Or the ugly, ugly chicks? chicks. Uh-huh. If they had to said shit, the witches probably would have left them alone. I mean, my favorite is like, instead of addressing the ugly, Winifred turns around and goes, chicks. Right. That's what she's annoyed at. And I love that. We're back at the Sanderson Cottage, and Jay and Ice are in cages. Well done. Where Sarah is taking extreme delight in poking and prodding at them. Again, the Sarah stuff creeps me out if I think about it too much. Yeah, man. Like, it's just... Now that you told me this, it's like an actual horror movie. Yeah, it is makes it much more real. To just remake it uh, as, like, more straightforward horror. Love it. They shouldn't. I'm just saying. It would be... Hey, Shudder. Make a make a show like that where mean witches do mean witch things and we see it. I would love it. I love witch shit. So back in the cottage, Winifred's like, okay, I got this. I'm totally gonna remember the, the potion. I was standing here. I can remember it was like yesterday. Go get this, go get this. But Winnie is kind of lying to herself. There's no way she can remember the ingredients of this potion. Especially not with Sarah bouncing around in the backboard background actually saying what she needs for the potion but no one will listen to sarah it's great i feel like that potion would be pretty hard i mean it's like yeah remembering ingredients to a potion after i've been dead for 300 years when i've always had my spell book no i don't remember the ingredients i mean she did get with the uh dancing spell (laughs) that's off the top of her head that's true maybe she has a couple that are like (laughs) tried stowed away in there sidebar have you ever heard about like um just like dancing till people die. Like there's been like cases yeah, of people like Yeah. That happened in there was like a town in France, right? Yeah, that's where so like weird. everybody died. It's a it's a fungus infection. Is it? Yeah, it attacks your brain. And that's what happened. They were eating uh moldy wheat. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the fungus makes you just dance? I think it like makes your body it makes you convulse. Okay. And in a time where people wouldn't have known what the word convulse meant. They think that people said dance oh. as like a word to communicate that. Okay. In that specific case. But I do, it is a real thing. Wow. So Wendy, Wendy gives up. She can't remember. She's totally pouting. She throws open the window and desperately calls out for her spell book, begging <laughs> it to come home. And we know that the book and Winnie can communicate, but Winnie gets no answer. But when Winnie calls out, Something happens because back at Max's house, the eye on the spell book opens. Yeah. Just before Allison and Max wake up. Allison grabs the clock. Oh my God, it's five o'clock in the morning. I gotta go. Where'd the time go? (laughs) Who hasn't been there as a teenager? Girl. Both of the teenagers look over at Binks sleeping with Danny and they feel bad for Binks. They want to find a way to help him lift the curse. Yeah. So... With good intentions, the teenagers open Winnie's spellbook. When they do, a bright light shoots up from the house. Man. 
Y'all could have just left it alone. Why are you? Why would you open a spell book Do from the devil? Do not open locked books. <laughs> if a book That's is good locked, advice. do not open it. It is not for you. If it was for you, you would have the key. That is good advice and like a metaphor. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that had to be a Winifred spell, right? Like, I mean, it's part of the spell book. Yeah. It's part of the book. Like they have a connection. Truly. So it might not even be a real light. Like maybe just Winnie can see the light. Like maybe it's just part of the connection between the spell book and Winifred. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think the kids even noticed the light. They right. didn't say anything. Right. Because Winifred has had Mary drag her through the window. So Winifred can say goodbye to the world. <laughs> That's how much she has accepted death. <laughs> like the black flame candle is burned down to like hardly anything left on the candle. These witches have accepted death. At the window, Winnie looks out and she sees the light from her spell book. Rejoicing. She has the energy of a thousand suns now. Man, yeah. Though. Wouldn't that <laughs> get you going to be like, oh shit. Just kidding. We're back on y'all. Get your brooms. Wait, <laughs> we don't have brooms. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, the witches find the janitorial supply closet at the museum part of the house. Winifred finds a broom, Sarah finds a mop, and old Mary finds a vacuum. So here's the thing. I feel like Mary, because I feel like that kind of reveals the hierarchy of their sisterhood, right? Like Winifred gets the broom because she's the oldest she's or whatever the, yeah, yeah, in yeah. charge. She's the alpha. I would think the next one that looks like a broom would be the mop. and. Mary has shown both in like uh, the scene where she and Winnie push Sarah into the water. Yep. And then also the one you're talking about yep. when she and Sarah push Winnie yeah. in the water to seem to be like a better connection with the other sisters. Yeah. Than, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like the glue that holds them together. Yeah. So I feel like why not she, why not the mop for Mary? Right. And I think it's because two reasons. I think one, it's a fat joke. <laughs> oh, Like it's true. funny to give the fat girl the vacuum. Yeah. Like that's a fat joke. Yeah. Kathy and Jimmy is skinny as fuck now. So no more fat jokes about, about Kathy and Jimmy. <laughs> and you're not going to give the sexy one the vacuum. That's not funny. Is Sarah's it? the sexy one. Yeah. So we're going to give her the mop because it's the mo- it's like she can still be sexy and cute on it. You can't be sexy and cute right in the vacuum. I beg to differ. But <laughs> Prove me wrong, listeners. That Prove will be on our wrong. Patreon content. No, <laughs> Binks wakes up and jumps to close the book because he knows not to open it. Because even a cat is smarter than a teenage boy. Yeah, dude. But it's too late. The witches are coming. Book closed. Allison gets up to leave and Max goes to walk her out. Max checks for his parents, but they're still not home. The audience sees a long nail. (gasps) Sorry. (laughs) The audience sees a long nail cutting through a screen. While in the kitchen, Max finds some salt as he and Allison learn that salt can protect them from witches when they are reading the spell book. The teens hear a noise and rush back upstairs to Max's room. Allison sees that the book is gone before the witches pop out with both the book and Danny. Max tries to stop them, but Winnie hits him with a fireball. Man, so when you heard me gasp earlier, it was when Sarah popped out of the blankets. I totally <laughs> forgot that was in the movie, and it scared me a little bit. Allison, again, thinks quickly and, and encircles her and Max in salt. Clever little white witch. Seriously. And she stands there while the witches take off with Danny in the book, destroying the roof of Max's room. Man, that's a lot of damage. This when is I a see lot the... of damage. How do you explain this to your parents? Plus, that is roof damage. So now you got to deal with your fucking roof? 
This is the worst bad, bad day. This is a great apartment, too, or apartment show. <laughs> Room. I mean, yeah. it was fucking apartment, basically. Confident that they'll remake the potion, Winnie sends Sarah to fill the sky with her siren-like singing voice to lure the children of Salem to their doom. Sarah Jessica Parker does her own singing here. In a song that gets stuck in my head during random days in April when I haven't <laughs> seen this movie in months. It's wild. <laughs> It is a classic song. I think everyone who loves this movie knows the song. Definitely. Definitely. And props to Sarah Jessica Parker for singing. That's always nerve-wracking. And she does a good job. It's effective. Again, in that video I watched about all the flying done in the movie, they also rigged up this teeter-totter-like rig where staffers would be on one side and the women on their brooms would be on the other side that they could like move up and down and twirl around. Wow. Which legit looked really fun. And I would like to play on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's super cool. And they could use that for close-ups, like when Sarah's doing her song. Mary's also, like, force-feeding the bullies as well. Yeah, candy. Yeah. There is another, in another version of the script, instead of having Sarah lure children to them, they used candy crows to entice the children to the cottage. So the witches would make candy and then enchant them into birds and then would have the brought to life candy bring children to the witches. Weird. Again, so much creepier to me. And that got far enough that they shot a scene where the three witches go to a supermarket to get things to make candy. So it must have been changed pretty late in the game if they had shot the scene. The grocery store scene is funny because I didn't see it again. I saw like storyboards of it and some still pictures. In the scene, they have a grocery cart and Mary's pushing the cart and Sarah is sitting like in the kid's seat. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary's putting like Doritos and <laughs> pepperoni and shit, all kinds of stuff into Mary the cart. Mary is me at the grocery and store. And Winifred is just screaming. <laughs> She's just incredibly frustrated. <laughs> this kind of stuff is fu- interesting to me. Like when there's a, such a sudden change, like I wonder what spurred the change. I bet you it would have cost a lot of money for it. That's a lot of animating. Animated candy would be hard. Yeah. And based on nothing, I want to say that there was a candy uh, sponsor tie-in to this movie. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Um, but that's based on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby disagrees with me. She has just turned her back to the microphone. <laughs> She's like, wrap it up, ladies. (laughs) Danny is able to fight the witches off long enough for Max to arrive. And this time he tricks the witches into thinking the sun has risen. Giving Danny enough time to escape her bindings, grab Binks, and head out of the house. Before they leave, Max is sure to dump the cauldron again so that they won't have the potion. Yeah, smart. Good job, Max. Smart. Finally contributing. No, I feel like Max is having like a redemption edit yeah, right he here. he does. He really goes for it. For the, like, I'm sure really... this was Allison's plan, but like that was quick thinking. And he's still executing it. Yeah. A plan is nothing without someone to do it. Truly. The brother and sister run outside where Allison is waiting furiously to take the filters off the headlights of the car. Because <laughs> that's how they've tricked the witches. On his way out, Max stops at the cages holding Jay and Ice and takes his sneakers back, but doesn't let Jay and Ice out of their Good <laughs> out of their cages. Max, man. Love it. It's called karma. 
Yeah, good move on that because I would do the same thing. Me too. I'm like, oh, I'll just take these things. Danny wants to watch them turn to dust. Yeah, Danny doesn't even want to leave right away. She like wants to see them die. But (laughs) Allison, (laughs) listen, if I had been kidnapped, I would also have strong feelings about my kidnappers. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as the car pulls away, though, the witches are up, realizing that they have been fooled again. Looking into the cauldron, Winnie sees that there is just enough potion left for one child. And out of spite, Winnie says it has to be Danny. (laughs) Best scene. Even though they have Jay and Ice. Like, they could use it on one of them. Also, they have children arriving by the handful. Truly and honestly, I didn't understand that. Like, last minute plan, bro. This is all spite. This is just Winnie being spiteful, man. That is Winnie's one flaw. Well, I mean, many flaws, but... (laughs) She doesn't even know me. (laughs) The kids are smart and head straight towards the hollow ground of the graveyard. But the witches are on hot pursuit. Winnie does some really funny pull over, show me your permit jokes. Yeah. How does she know that? She wouldn't. She's a witch. She She's knows. also a witch. Yeah. The chase scene of the kids in the car and the witches on the brooms. I saw it's storyboarded and they had originally had uh, Mary kind of like falling like a wrecking ball on top of the Jeep <laughs> and like almost flipping it. <laughs> um. But it got cut from the movie. I bet it would have been hard to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, we're not ca- dropping someone on a car. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, poor Kathy to Jimmy if she had to film that. In the graveyard, though, Billy is waiting for the kids. Winifred is waiting just outside the gates. She impatiently orders Billy to kill Max. Be done with it. Max comes at Billy with his pocket knife, <laughs> which couldn't look smaller and more pathetic, <laughs> like if they tried. Billy quickly gets the knife out of his hand and kind of has Max in a headlock. The whole time, Winnie is screaming at Billy to finish it. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, she's not helping her case. Shut up. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Billy takes the knife and slices open the stitches that have bound his mouth for so long. His first words in 300 years are insults hold at at Winnie. The effect for this, as a kid, I thought this was very cool. When they cut open his mouth, out come moths Those that were real. fly out behind the scenes. Yes, they were real. Doug Jones, Jones had this little like netted enclosure that had moths in it that put in his mouth. And then it was triggered for when he opened his mouth, the, the container holding the moths would open and out would fly the moths. Man, Asia O'Hara needed that for her drug race. <laughs> <laughs> it's a as a kid, it was an it was a effect that really like I was, I was like, whoa. I would not have real moths in my mouth. No, and nor do I think that's kind to do the moths. But it was a cool effect. Truly. And shout out for Tug Jug Jones for doing it because that sounds terrible. He's dedicated to the craft. <laughs> so after calling her a trollop <laughs> and a wench. <laughs> Uh, Billy helps the kids thoroughly sick of his ex-girlfriend he offers like he leads the kids to his to Billy's gravesite and they put Danny in the grave thinking that's like extra safe for her since the witches are coming yeah hollow ground big brain Allison then takes the salt and outlines the grave with salt protecting Danny even further you're so smart Allison the 
The witches arrive and begin to attack. Winnie manages to knock off Billy's head. I laughed again, because again, simple person. But Danny, she's, Danny's soft, Danny's sweet, and she can't stand the sight of Billy blindly wandering around looking for his head. So she gets out of the grave to go help him find his head. But she's given up her protected spot. Yeah, Mom. Come on, girl. So Winnie takes full advantage of that and snatches Danny into the air, where she tries to force the little girl to drink the potion. Thora Birch is the only kid who got to do any flying effects or flying. Um... Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and she says it was like the most fun she's had on the set. Wow. Like she got to do all of it with Bet. So it's like flying with Bet Midler. It's a good day at work. Don't mind if I do. That's so wild. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Thora Birch and Bet Midler are close or know each other. I don't know. I hope I wonder that as well. Luckily for Danny, Binks leaps into action onto Winnie's broom from a nearby tree and scratches the fuck out of Winifred, <laughs> making her drop the potion before he is flung to a rocky bit of ground. Hits pretty hard. It's another bad noise that no, I don't appreciate. Max catches the potion before it drops to the ground, and he threatens to smash it if Winnie doesn't let Danny go. But the witch promises that she will kill her if he smashes the potion. Uh, and I believe her. Yeah, absolutely. Taking a third option and really being a stand-up brother, Max drinks the potion himself, forcing Willifred to release <sighs> Danny and take him instead. Yeah, which then shows that she could have taken Ice and Ernie, yep. or same person, Ice and Jay, <laughs> if she wanted to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You little trollamog. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him a fool for sacrificing himself for his sister, she drags him into the air and attempts to inhale his essence, his life force, but he struggles wildly. Danny, Allison, and Billy, meanwhile, manage to hold back Mary and Sarah from helping Winnie. They catch the vacuum cord of the broomstick. Yeah, there. quick thinking, kids. Really quick thinking. They hold it back for long enough until enough momentum is built up that they use the force of the vacuum to fling Mary into Sarah, taking them both out of the fight. Real smart. Real smart. Allison, man. In that collision, they also knock into Winnie and Max, who are now also on the ground. Determined as ever, Winifred claws her way towards Max, again trying to drain him but she is standing on hollow ground and quickly turns to stone. Yeah, that's so wild. I forgot about all of that, but... In my opinion, one of the really better effects in the movie is the transition of Winifred from a person into the stone. I just think it's really well done. I think differently. I feel like it doesn't even look like Winifred Sanderson, like when they get to like the statue version of her. I agree with you, but that doesn't bother me. Okay, fair enough. Because Agree to disagree. Shortly after this, the sun rises, which causes not only the statue of Winifred, but also her sisters to explode into beautiful glitter. Oh, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Danny hurries to Max's side and expresses her disbelief that he sacrificed himself for her. But he says he had to. He's her brother. They embrace as siblings and tell each other they love each other. Reuniting with Allison and Billy... Danny tells the zombie to go to sleep. They return him to his coffin. And it's after that, they realize they haven't seen Binks. 
Danny soon finds his body lying across his sister's grave. Poor Banks. Sobbing, Danny begs him to wake up like he did before, but he doesn't stir. Thora Birch is so good here. Yeah, like Thora I know Birch we like star. we're keeping it light, but she's a good little act. Like she, re- you really feel for her in this moment. Yeah. Like she's really a sad. The curse is broken, and Thackeray's soul is finally free. His spirit comforts Danny. We see Sean Murray again in his same running through the woods, <laughs> britches and old timey shirt, barefoot. <laughs> so if I die and I become a ghost like that. Whatever I'm wearing at the time is what I have to wear forever. That's what they say. That's, That's why I'm up. always in comfortable clothes. Yeah. So the spirit assures Danny that he will always be with her before joining the spirit of his sister, Emily. Tearful but smiling, Danny hugs her brother as they watch Thackeray and Emily depart. My favorite is that Emily is like, what took you so long? <laughs> He's like, I had to wait for a virgin to light a candle. Everybody fucking girl. Everybody fucking down there. As a new day dawns, mom and dad, Dave and Jenny Dennison are finally freed from the spell the witches cast on the town hall partygoers. <laughs> meaning they can finally stop dancing and go home. All of the adults in this scene look rough. Like they're all sweaty. The costumes are like. Been there, my friend. They've had a rough night. Meanwhile, Jay and Ice are still trapped in the cages at the Sanderson house. (laughs) Poor Jay and Ice. Maybe they'll learn a lesson about calling somebody, quote unquote, ugly chicks. (laughs) 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 As we zoom out, we see Winifred's spell book as it quickly opens its eye. And that's where Hocus Focus ends. So I love this movie. I know Brandon loves this movie. When it came time for spooky season, this was the movie that we both thought of right away. Yeah, it's always been like kind of a Halloween tradition. Definitely. And I had a great time learning even more things about it. I will say, though, so they're actively shooting the sequel as we speak. Yeah, I saw that. They're filming some in Salem again, but then a lot of things are being filmed in Canada. Really? So I don't know any plot details. Interesting. I will be very curious to see how they come back. I'm very interested as well. And if anyone from the original movie besides the witches will be back. Also, I rumor has it Thora Burge is back. But that's just a rumor. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Again, that's the way back recap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at the way back recap pod. If you'd like to support the show and or listen to bonus content and exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page. Our original cover art is by Laura Strobish. Remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to the way back recap. If you enjoyed yourself, please rate and review the show. But if that's too much, we totally get it. Tell a friend. Preferably a responsible friend who will rate and review the show. Join us next time. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of the Wayback Recap, take take care care of each each other, other, y'all.